Well, hello, everyone. I'm really delighted to welcome you all today to TNC's latest podcast on the topic of how best to procure your future network and telecom services should you renegotiate with your incumbents or use competitive tender processes. Uh, I'm John Waterhouse, CEO of TNC, and I'll be your host for the next 20 minutes. As I'm sure everyone joining knows, TNC is the UK's largest independent network and telecom strategy and sourcing consultancy supporting over 280 major UK and multinational companies, helping them to get the best possible commercial, technical and operational results from all of their network and telecoms uh, solutions. So I'm really delighted to welcome our special guest today, Carl Walton. As I'm sure many of our viewers and listeners will know, Carl is one of the highest profile IT procurement professionals working in the UK, and uh, he's leading in that area at the moment for the AA having previously worked at Arcadia, Centrica, Kinetic, and Delarue. Uh, during that time, Carl has led the development and execution of some really market-leading uh, procurement strategies across a really broad range of IT, network, telecoms, and mobility services, uh, and, and faced into an awful lot of technology and operational transformations. And of course, every procurement person's favorite thing, delivering lowest lifetime TCO. So Carl, it's a pleasure to talk with you today. Would you like to say hello? Hello, everyone. Pleasure to be here as well. Thanks for the invite, John. I'm glad you got the white shirt memo. Yeah, yeah, I had to do that. Absolutely. No, nothing on underneath. But... Perfect. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so today's topic, it's a, it's a cracker. Um, uh, as I said, how best to procure your future network and telecoms services? And critically, should you be looking to renegotiate with your incumbents or use competitive tender processes? So not only it's a really interesting topic, but it's also really timely. You know, as our regular viewers and listeners will know, TNC, we've been talking about a revolution sweeping through the network and telecoms market. Um, uh, you know, and there's some really transformational technologies coming into the markets. So we're talking SD-WAN, we're talking SASE, we're talking 5G, we're talking cloud-based contact center and telephony services. And, and, and these are racing into the market to meet some really fast-changing demand uh, for services to enable and support business change. And of course, these uh, new revolutionary technologies and the use cases they're arriving to meet, uh, they're coming at a time of unprecedented economic challenge. Hey, let's mention the pandemic at this point as well. So, Finally. Yeah, you know, for a lot of organizations, a really strong focus on cost um, and, and at a minimum ensuring transformation is, is achieved within budget, very often delivering cost savings. So with all of that context, it's no surprise that developing uh, the most effective procurement strategies is absolutely critical to addressing uh, these objectives. So that circles us right back to where we are today and why we're so pleased to have Carl join us. What we really want to get into today is how to develop those most effective procurement strategies how as an organization can you uh work your way through uh some pretty uh, challenging questions to reach those those sort of optimized objectives and luckily we have carl on hand to to guide us so we're going to look at three questions uh the first question we're going to look into is the main pros and cons of the different uh, approaches available renegotiation retender etc we're going to look at the key steps organizations should take uh, when developing the strategies and then go f finish up with some takeaways for our viewers and listeners. So, Carl, I've done enough talking. Uh, so, if, if we may look at that first question, mm -hmm. what do you see as the, the main pros and cons of 
renegotiation, retendering services when you're facing into a complex technology procurement process? Sure, John. Well, first thing I would say is it's very situational to your business and the services that your business is consuming. You're considering renegotiating with the incumbent vendor or going to tender and going to market. And also the type of business you are, because if you're a private, a private, you know, privately owned business versus a public sector business, for instance, you may have different policies, processes, things that you have to do and have to comply with. That means that actually a straight renegotiation and direct reward with, with your incumbent is off the, off the cards for as it began. So, you know, again, very, very situational. Just before we get into the pros and cons, what I would say is it's always good to create both options for yourself. And, and what I mean by that is make sure that you know, you've got a good plan in place that's been discussed and this, you know, you're, you're not leaving it to the last minute to, to, to go out to your incumbent vendor and, and renegotiate or equally look to do a tender in three months that actually should be taking you six to nine months. So first thing, make sure it's on your cash plan, make sure it's socialized well in your business, make sure you understand and you've identified your SMEs and the people that you rely on to make sure that that process is successful and that they're on board with you. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, we're, I, I, I sense the phrase stakeholder management heading quickly towards us and the need, presumably, this isn't just something as a procurement leader, you can sit at your desk and make those decisions. You've got a lot of stakeholders, you've got to align around your strategy. Yeah, and there, I, what I'd say is, you know, every business is on a big transformation of some kind at the moment, digitalization, data, there's lots of really, really big key I guess, challenges, technology challenges that every business is facing into at the moment, you know, never mind the pandemic for a second. So everyone's time poor. So you've got to think about what the most efficient thing is. And I think, you know, talking about pros and cons of a renegotiate versus a tender, well, tenders take time and they take costs um, and they need a lot of feed, sort of feed in from key SMEs. Whereas renegotiating can be a, a much quicker, you know, three to six month process rather than a, a six, nine, maybe even 12 month process, depending on the size of the service that you're renegotiating. And presumably when you, when you, you know, talking about that, that category planning, you know, no, no procurement professional listening to this podcast is, is, it has got time to, to, to retender everything. So you've got to make some, some tough choices, right? About what you've got time to go after, where you're going to get presumably the most bang for your buck. Is, is that, is that the, the top line question? Yeah, I'd say as well. It's about where, where's, you know, a lot of procurement teams, particularly greenfield procurement teams, are very lean. So versus what you're going to do in-house versus what you might outsource, outsource for instance, you know, you, you need to look at, at, at the best way of executing and getting the best outcome you can for your business for that particular procurement. So this is for me, and by the way, I'm absolutely not sponsored by TNC. This is where companies like TNC come in really useful from my personal experience because, one, you can give us market rate instantly because you're, you know, you're leveraging lots of different data sources and servicing lots of different companies in different sectors. I can come to you, and if I'm if I'm re, if, if I'm in a renegotiation situation, I can get the benchmark I need without having to go through all the rigmarole of a tender. So that's really really powerful. Yeah, I mean, you, t- you, you know, you talk about that that sort of. The, the, the sort of planning question and, and thinking about sort of market rates and, and, and potentially getting SME uh, engagement. I, I presume one of the challenges when you're creating your, your, your category strategy is if you knew at the start what you knew at the end, 
you might plan things a little bit differently. You know that, hey, if you'd known there was 20% to come out of that contract or or a real transformational solution outcome, you'd have definitely prioritized tendering that service. Whereas another one, you, you, you know, you thought perhaps there were more benefits than, than turned out to be there. So I guess that is that SME input, is that helping you kind of bring forward some of that intel so you can plan more effectively? Yeah, I think even if you do just go down the renegotiation route, you've got to do that bit of due diligence and that, that analysis internally to understand exactly what the business has in store for those services, and those technologies. Because what you don't want to do is just entering into another three-year deal on a like-for-like basis, and then you find out 5G is going to revolutionize your business. So you need to have that market insight and that operational insight from you know wider stakeholders than just IT. So if I took the AA where I work now, for instance, so we've got two kinds of devices in our road patrol vehicles, you know, from ruggedized devices to mobiles, the data network is absolutely critical to the operation of the business. Um, and thinking about changing vendor is, you know, there's lots of complex things that you have to consider. Like, you know, if you were to swap SIM cards out, it's not just as easy as posting a SIM card out to your um, to your patrol at their home address and then plugging it in. Unfortunately, it can mean taking your that vehicle off or off of the roadside for the day, or or, or for a few hours at least, and and um, disrupting operations. So, it's a, it's a really interesting point, and 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 presumably, therefore, I'm just thinking about how that sort of feedback loop works with your stakeholders because i'm 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 guessing i don't want to put words in your mouth as the procurement leader you 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 you've got to take your stakeholders with you on the journey yeah but you know you you you've you've also got to bring intel to them and help to guide them through the right thought processes so but presumably you you can't you, you know you can't take a service to tender that the, the, the your stakeholders don't want to take to tender but equally you can't just renegotiate something they want to desperately get rid of so absolutely how, how do you square that 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 particular circle i think to honestly, i think you just again it's situational to your business because hopefully the business that you're working with and the stakeholders you're working with have a technological strategy so hopefully they understand what they want from this service and they're thinking and they're doing the market analysis you know along alongside the, the at the point that you've put it into the cash plan. Yeah. And, 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 you know, what I'd say about cash plans is you, you don't just plan them at the beginning of the year and they just go off merry and execute them. You're constantly talking about them and they can change. It's absolutely fine. You know, absolutely dependent on resource availability and key activities and strategies of the business and objectives of the business. You, you need to be able to flex and adapt to that. But um, certainly with technology, it just moves so fast. Well, I was going to um, say, what well, the what well, the bits of feedback we're continually getting from customers? Yeah, you're absolutely right. The technology is moving at a, a really an amazing rate, far faster than it ever has done. But but also business circumstances is changing incredibly quickly as well. I mean, we're seeing a, you know at the moment a spate of private equity buyouts. We're seeing you know obviously the the, the pandemic changing business models. You mentioned digitization. There's so many waves of change hitting businesses that category plan that's got to be a living document right that that's that's got to be a pretty dynamic uh strategy absolutely yeah so it, it has to be it has to be flexible and it has to has to continuously evolve in a sense you have to keep talking about it you have to be reassuring that the and restating with this with your key stakeholders and your senior leadership that those things are still a priority they're the things we're gonna you know project manage the heck out for you these things we're going to outsource, so these things we're going to part till next year because they're not as much of a priority. They're not going to deliver us as much valuable uh, value. So. 
Can we talk about a slightly duller topic for a second? But I, I, I know one that's close to your heart. We, we've spoken many times your, about your it. Dress over, sense, over the years. Your dress sense. Not just my dress sense, which of course is magnificent, <laughs> right? Possibly. Well, it's the same as mine. So, yeah. <laughs> or is it my rubbish headset? One or the other. <laughs> um, uh, data. So, mm -hmm. you know, the criticality of data, again, think about those strategies, think about those plans. You know, even something simple, you talked about greenfield procurement teams earlier, even something as simple as knowing what's out there, knowing what your contract landscape looks like and so on, that's presumably a pretty challenging environment for a lot of procurement people. Extremely, yeah. And and, and it, it, it comes down to what's fed and watered, I guess, before you before you get there, because things like your starters levers process, if that if that isn't you know, integrated with things like your telco um, ongoing operational billing management services and what have you, it, it can put you into a whole world of pain because you, you have no idea what you're cancelling, what you're, what, you, what you're switching on. All of a sudden you've got, you know, 15,000 connections and SIM cards, but you've only got 8,000 employees. So, you know, lots of companies get themselves into that, into that mess. And then on top of that, just to layer things very difficult, and I don't want to speak too early of the um, telco vendors out there, but their billing is, is, is questionable at times so there's obviously lots of opportunity there um going over historic billing and stuff like that so it's for me it's always the first thing i'll come into a business and think about and look to look at and just understand and do a, you know my own assessment of maturity on what's what's their um sort of um asset logs look like what you know have a look at some of the billing data and then just perhaps even bring in a tnc just to have a bit of a sniff test and say well look does this look right We've got 8,000 yeah. 8, employees. Does this stuff look right? How are we using it? No, you know, often is the case. All these, all, all these things are zero billing and that we're not using. We're not using these and you're paying a connection every every month. So, And, and presume, I mean, it's, you know, you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's, it's, it, having that strong foundation to work from, you know, if you if you know if you haven't got that data out, well, what are mm. we spending, or where are, where are our contracts up to, or you know, so on. That's you know, you can't possibly you can't do any of the other things well without that firm foundation. No, it's your it's your requirements, isn't it? Essentially, yeah. so you can't go to market, you can't credibly go into a negotiation if you don't know what you need. Yeah. So that's so for, for me, it's the challenge isn't negotiating with the vendor and getting the best deal. It isn't going out to RFP and managing all the data that's coming back and necessarily managing the SMEs, the biggest challenge is making sure you're going out with credible information. You know what you want. Mm, that's that always a challenge. And it's not just a telco service thing. You know, it can be in software, it can be in hardware as well. It's making sure a business is, has enough time and has put enough thought into what it is they want and what the outcome is and what they want to achieve. And and rather than being, you know, there's, there's always a term in procurement around um you know, you've got a, almost like a prescriptive or a, a conformative uh, statement of requirements versus mm. a performance-based. And actually, it's it's good to lean towards those performance-based because then you're actually challenging your stakeholders. Say, well, what's the outcome you want? You know, is, is it is it reducing your you know? Go on, what are you say? Yeah, no. So uh, you you you're just hitting some some you know really interesting topics. Yeah, because I I guess you know we talked earlier on about you know you as a procurement leader you you know you've only got so many hours in the day, there's only so many things you can go after. But presumably the same is is the case. Yeah, you know, as these technologies are becoming more complex, you need you know you're not an army of one. You need your stakeholders around you 
they're the ones bringing the technology requirements or you know evaluating the the, the solutions or whatever it is so you've got to take into account their absorption capacity as it were yeah yeah, yeah, yeah their Absolutely. workload etc yeah but for, for me again it comes back to having that plan and having that good stakeholder management and making sure that that's a constant topic of discussion because you you'll you know you shouldn't you shouldn't get to the point right well we said we're going to kick this off on the first of july um as of the first of july and then your stakeholder says well i don't have capacity to do it if you've got to the first of july when you're planning on kicking off you haven't spoken to your stakeholder enough so again it's coming back to that constantly having conversation make sure that's regular make sure it's quality you know a quality conversation and you're getting to the the nooks and crooks of this stuff early yeah you're fleshing you're fleshing out what the expectations are and what you need as inputs to do a good job yeah that's really interesting so yeah, I, I sort of feel like you know we're, we're obviously sort of started off on the sort of pros and cons and you know the, the the next question is is around those sort of key steps you should take when developing that procurement strategy i guess we've touched on some of those you know in terms of having the data to 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 to, to drive the plan the mm -hmm. the stakeholder uh relationships and engagement and so on what, what what would you say you know if you try and sort of summarize those sort of key steps you, you would go through when when sort of developing that that strategy around a, a particular service what, what what do you think would be those sort of key steps well like you say first thing was was your data well first thing sorry was even planning it so making sure that it's on the roadmap uh, like we've spoken about a few times, um, making sure that you've done your data analysis, you've engaged with your stakeholders, you know, you've, you've, you've formulated that project team, you've assigned roles and responsibilities in that project team. So everyone's very clear on, on, on what they're contributing and what they're responsible for, you know, making sure you've got regular cadence and, and check-ins with that project team to make sure that things are moving forward and, you know, we're riding, riding the same wave. I think when you've got to that point, you got to a point where you've got a skeleton of requirements together you need to think about the governance that goes behind those requirements and that's probably a good time to start engaging with senior stakeholders to get them to poke and challenge mm. those requirements to make sure that the scope's correct and the underlying assumptions are correct and aligned to business thinking and strategy because sometimes that stuff doesn't filter down to the people that are obviously working on this so absolutely have some st stakeholder challenge be open to that and um be willing to take 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 some of that i guess um, at that point, I guess it depends on whether you're going for a tender or, or a renegotiate, but if, say we go for a tender, for instance, briefing your, your suppliers is absolutely key. You know, there's nothing worse for a supplier, I don't think, than a cold RFP landing on their desk out of nowhere. They've had no context. You haven't warmed them up. These guys are just as busy, if not busier than you. So, you know, let's be empathetic to that point. Um, also, ask them for some feedback before you issue it. You know, you've, you, you can put a timetable together in your RFP, ask the suppliers what's credible, ask all of them the same question. I've got, you know, six weeks and it's over Christmas. No, it's not credible. I can't, yeah. you know, you're going to hear that back from multiple vendors if, if you've got an unreasonable timeline. It's it's good just to just to front into that problem at first and it can help you manage your stakeholders who are who could be chomping at the bit to, to get the thing across mm -hmm. the line rather than, you know, trying to rush it rather than actually getting the right outcome. So. And, and do, do you find... Do you find you get that sort of quality feedback from from the bidders? Do, do, do you get sort of good engagement with those sorts of questions? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think they appreciate it. Again, it's it's I don't know. It my my method of procurement around that win win and the relationships mm. and managing managing supplier relationships is, is key. I think you you're always going to get a better outcome if you've got a good relationship. And part of having a good relationship is 
being understanding and empathetic to their challenges and and seeking truly trying to seek a win-win for for both organizations mm. i think it's got it's got to start there yeah it to, perhaps it has to start there you need to these guys are going to be working you know day and night sometimes to, to meet these deadlines in your timetable cancelling holidays and things like that um and i think think you know nodding to that and being understanding to that and being accommodating to it is is key i think it's just a good way to kick off that relationship yeah that's really interesting that's really interesting oh and when you're working with your your stakeholders you know think about the sort of specific question around tender and, and, and renegotiation it sounds like that's a kind of quite a fluid question like you you wouldn't arrive at your stakeholders and say today we're talking about this service and we're going to renegotiate it presumably that's a bit more of a dialogue this is the service what are we thinking yeah is... so we'll play yeah we'll, we'll play play through those pros and cons i guess you know it perhaps there's a strategic review board or something you've got set up in your procurement function that you can go and play those things to senior stakeholders to get shape the thinking and get the buy-in um because Nobody wants to go and do a tender for tender's sake. If you, if, if you can go out and renegotiate with your current vendor because they're performing well, the relationship's great, and you're going to get market rate, why wouldn't you? Tenders are expensive, they're time-consuming, um, and there's plenty of other things that face it for us procurement um, teams to focus on. So that, that, for me, is always the first question, is actually, can we, what, what state is the relationship is, can, you know, could we credibly just renegotiate directly yeah. with this vendor if we're, if we're happy with the service we're getting? I guess, I guess some of the cons to that, that you do have to think about, though, is that you could be quashing innovation or you could be, right. yeah. you know, you could get something even more sublime than market rate if, because a particular vendor wants to buy your business. To yeah. They want your brand. They, it's good marketing for them. There's other upsell opportunities and cross-sell opportunities or joint marketing ventures and things like that. So, you know, you, you are kind of stopping yourself from from seeking those kind of innovative ideas you can still request you know in innovative sort of service um ideas from from the vendor that you're renegotiating with but i think you'll you'll get a better view for what's happening in the market and change and all that kind of stuff if you if you were to go to tender and open your doors yeah 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 absolutely yeah 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 you're you opening your doors is exactly the phrase isn't it you're, you're opening yourself up to innovation and you're letting people come come to you with ideas um and i guess speaking of that do you find uh, i suspect the answer to this is going to be it depends from you know organization to organization team to team but do you, do you find you also do, do you find you get stakeholders coming to you to say hey carl we should do this we should we should retender this we should negotiate this we should do something different do, do, do you get that or is the traffic sort of a bit a little bit more the other way around I'd say you're spot on it and it's completely dependent on the organization you're in. Again, if you're if you're in a procurement organization where it's not heavily mandated that you do engage a procurement team, then it is a bit like being, you know, picked last in the football team. And you have to make sure you're in, at the front line and front of mind to make sure that you're engaged. And, you know, that, that can be a, a task in itself. If you're mandated, fully mandated by the senior exec, your procurement policy is, is, is written, understood and practiced well in the business for good reason, then they will be coming to you. You know, that's, that's the ideal situation you'd be in is that stakeholders come to you and ask on you when you can plan. Yeah. It doesn't, coming from a greenfield scenario, it doesn't just happen overnight. You know, it can be year, two years in the making to change that culture um, and get the buy-in because you've got to prove what our procurement function can do and what the values are. 
um, before you know you can expect your stakeholders to come and and and, and call in your services. I guess yeah. it's almost just like being a supplier yourself, isn't it? Internal supplier. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a really good analogy, actually. Yeah, the, 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 and presumably, therefore, it's you know the stronger the relationships you can build over a period of time, the, the you know the, the the better that process is going to work. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Right. I'm, as always, starting to get conscious of, of time and so on. And, and we've promised our, our viewers and listeners some uh, some takeaways. Um, I have one I'm going to chuck in at the end, um, but I'm cheating. That's because we talked about this beforehand and there was a point you made that I really hope you make it again. Um, <laughs> but, so if not, I've, I've got it noted down. But what, what, what would be, you know, if you, if, you, you know, if, if, if one of our listeners kind of, you, you, you know, grabbed you over a beer and said, hey, look, Carl, you know, give me, give me a couple of nuggets here. What, what, what would be, you know, sort of key takeaways, you know, for someone facing into a complex procurement process for one of these sort of highly value added services? What two or three things would you perhaps guide them to do in terms of the planning? And Yeah, so say it's requirements for stakeholder engagement, firstly, those, those, yeah. those playing stages, you know, if you if, if you don't have the right data to hand and your requirements aren't true and accurate, you've you're going to set yourself up for, for pain further down the line when you're negotiating with a vendor and they've given you a rate for eight thousand units and you only need four thousand units and it you just start losing credibility throughout all that and yeah. it adds a lot of time and wastage quite frankly and, and money to, to the to the whole process. Um, and you can't avoid that, right? I mean, you, you know, you can't, yeah. at some point, you're going to need the data. It, 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 ideally, you'd have it before you started. You, you're certainly going to need it by the time you're writing a contract. So you, you, presumably, you've just got to bite the bullet and... Yeah, because I guess you're in, you're, you're, in a, you're in a dangerous place because you, you could either over-purchase or under-purchase and neither yeah. of those things are in a, put you in a good place. You know, you, you, you over-purchase and then you've got minimum commitments as some of these, these vendors do have in the contracts that you're never, you're never going to meet. Yeah. You know, you're going to be stuck with them for 10 years instead of five. Um, and you, you, you under-purchase and then, yes, you can always purchase more, but you probably lose the ability to negotiate a better rate for, for those things. So it's not a, not a position you ever want to be in. And there's always, I always, you know, when I'm speaking to stakeholders internally, I always say, use, use the RFX process as a way of defining your requirements as well that's that's absolutely fine that's why we have things like rfis uh, that's interesting RFIs. Yeah. so you get some um, of that market insight before you go to tender yeah and then you can yeah you can you can bake that into the onward process yeah but i think i think we should know you know within 80 percent at least tolerance um what it is we need mm. and then it should just be fine-tuning perhaps around those technology innovations or, or things we just don't know about or perhaps our data is in such a bad place that actually we'll use one of these vendors to do some data cleansing for us as part of the process. You know, you've, you, you, you've just got to go into it with your eyes open. But that, that, I mean, that sort of open engagement model, that sounds like that's a, a bit of a signature move for you. That sort of, you know, get, you're, you, you, you're almost co-opting the, the, the bidders to help you get, not just a bid, but to help you get to that optimized result you're getting them to bring some ideas or, or or even some 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 resource to help you optimize the process yeah and it's in their it's in their interest it's again you know again opening your doors and just saying to, to a degree so that you're not showing your hand too much but mm. you know these are the things we struggle with it's not going to be new news to them they're going to have come across many businesses which have had the same struggles and nine times out of ten they've probably got a solution to it so yeah. it's, as long as 
as long as you're not showing them what's on your bit of paper whilst doing that and putting yourself in a worse negotiation position, then you should share that. And it's probably quite an, quite a, a, an interesting addition to your evaluation criteria of, hey, well, I, I went out and talked to four, four, four bidders. You know, these two were pretty disengaged from the whole process. These two or this one here, they were fantastic. They came with ideas and innovation. They were willing to get, you know, jump in the trenches with us to help us do this and the other. Presumably, you're learning a lot about your bidders through that process as well. Yeah, I think you are. I think you've got to, again, air on the side of caution because in that process, you could have a really bad sales and bid team, but then you'll have a fantastic service management team when you're in. That's what matters. Yeah. is as soon as you're in and making sure you've got a good service wrapper and you've got a good account team because services you know you could you can go and engage with 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 big you know technology providers if you've got a rubbish account team around you, you you're going to think the service is rubbish and that the, you know you're not going to have a good impression on that business it all starts and stops from the service point of view with the account management and the service management on the other end so yeah. i always think about that graph that you just see in procurement where, where where you sort of see it you know the engagement from the supplier going up and then as soon as you sign contract it tips uh sure. and, and a lot a lot of that's down to you know putting the contract in a drawer not looking at it yourself and not managing the supplier and managing that contract yeah, but that. that's a that's another day i think that absolutely hey we'll we'll, we'll 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 drag our listeners back for another another round on that <laughs> there's one last thing i was just going to talk about quickly because you, you we this is the the, the takeaway i wanted to add in based on on some of the things you were saying earlier on about timing and i, and I know from tnc's point of view if we could say one thing to anyone listening, watching, you, you know, uh, today, so often organizations leave this stuff too late. When you leave it too late, you know, the best strategy in, in, in history isn't necessarily going to get you the best results. I know you've had experience of that. I know it's something you care about probably just as much as, as I care about it. Yeah. But your timing's key, right? It is. And, and, and unfortunately, I have been on the bad end a number of times where I'm asking vendors to, you know, um, extend contracts for three to six months whilst we go out and <laughs> competitively benchmark their services. And it's an embarrassing place to be. But, you know, you are where you are at that point. You've got to adapt to it. Right. But the key is to make sure you're not in that position. You don't you don't want to be at a disadvantage. You know, yeah. you, you've got you've got to plan for these things. They are they can be big. They can be complex. They can take be time consuming, even a straight renegotiation. So you've got to plan for this stuff. You've got to have your, your, your stakeholders warmed up and you've got to have the market warmed up. Carl, as always, magnificent. Really, really interesting. And uh, yeah, loads of interesting points in there. Um, but unfortunately, we've run out of time. Oh, it's, no. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In <laughs> fact, I suspect we've gone slightly over time, but my stopwatch has stopped. So, you know. But I guess we have. But it's time all really, really interesting stuff. What's that? Time to go on your holidays. Exactly. Time to go on my yeah. holidays. This is the last nice. thing for, 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 for the, the pleasure of our viewers and listeners. This is the last thing I'm doing <laughs> before getting in the car. So, uh, yeah. No, it's been really, really interesting. Though. Thank you so much for, for joining Brilliant. us today. Thanks, Thanks for the invite. It's great. Yeah. No, great pleasure. And, and hey, you, you shared some, some great stuff. I'm sure our, our viewers and listeners will be, uh, uh, will, will find lots of nuggets in there. So, uh, yeah. And thank you to everyone for, for watching and listening. Please do let us know any questions you may have about this or any other network and telecoms topic. You can get in touch with us through our website, networkcollective.co.uk, or any of the usual social channels. And we look forward to talking with you again soon. Bye.